0: Good morning. Glad to be with you this morning. This is uh, strange circumstances still. We are coming to you live from the auditorium here at our church and, and for this uh, live stream broadcast, we are on Facebook and on, also on podcast and we're trying to expand that to other things actually also and so be in prayer about that and so hopefully that'll work, but we're glad to be coming with you this morning. Are coming to you this morning here, and I do pray you'll get a blessing today. Let me just make one announcement. I know people are questioning, they're hearing the opening instructions from the governor and, and here uh, from the mayor here in the city of Nashville and things like that. Uh, I, uh, I will tell you that uh, I, I am looking at some things and going to be sharing some things about opening. We will not open next Sunday. Uh, more than likely, it'll be the first, uh, we'll be into June sometime. When we open, the reason is, is we're waiting on some things to arrive here at the church so that we can open. That's one of the reasons. And we are going to try to follow the guidelines set out by the governor. And, and we want to make sure we have the right testimony here in the city of Nashville. And, you know, and and uh, you know we're looking at things. And, and again, the primary concern is the safety of folks who come to church, safety of the people who meet. Now, if anybody knows me, I am ready to open right now, but we can't. And so as soon as we get everything ready, we will open the doors and uh, we'll be excited about it. There will be some changes and I am excited about those. I, for some, I never thought I would be excited about some of the changes that are in my heart. And uh, we'll be sharing a lot of those things with you as the days progress, but just be in prayer about this and let's pray that God will bless. And until that day, let me encourage you to encourage one another and pray for each other. Now, this morning, There are a lot of folks sick we need to pray for. We need to pray for our church family. Pray for all those that are listening to us today. Those of you that are listening through the different broadcast mediums, let me just say God bless you, and I pray that the Lord will give you something special today. The title of the message today is God is Real. God is real. And I'll share that with you in just a moment, what's going on. But let's pray. Then Brother West is going to sing for you and then I'm going to preach. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Father, I pray you just bless those listening today. I pray you give them something special today. I pray you'd encourage their hearts. I just pray you'd bless them. Father, all of us are going through crazy things right now. All of us are going through different times. Life is changing before our eyes. Things are happening that are driving us a little frustrated or making us frustrated and Father, I just pray that You'd help all of us now and just encourage our hearts and help us to look to You. Father, those that are listening to this, I pray you give them a special blessing. Help them to understand the message today. I pray to be an encouragement for those that are seeking Christ or seeking answers. I pray it would give it to them today. I pray that You would challenge all of our hearts to be a witness for You. Now, Father, for those that are sick, I pray You'd bring healing. Those that had different situations going on, Father, I beg You to heal them. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ on them. And I ask it in the name of Jesus to do something in our lives. Bless this COVID situation. Take it away. Heal those that have the disease. Thank you for the ones you have healed. Father, I realize some have not been healed, and I pray that you would touch those families and bless them in their time of loss and encourage them. Father, I just pray that the Holy Spirit of God would just bless each one that's going through this situation now around the world. And now, Father, give our leaders wisdom. Save them that are lost. And, Father, I pray that you would uh, just bless our country, bring revival to our church, bring revival to our city, bring revival to our country. And, Father, I pray you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out your Spirit now, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Brother Wes, sing for us, my friend. Sins and griefs to bear. trials and temptations, is there trouble anyway? In amen and god bless you brother west appreciate that psalm this morning and uh i want to get you to turn with me if you would in your bible it'll be very easy to find today if you do, if you have your bible you can find it very easily if you don't you can look on your ipad or iphone or galaxy or whatever you have but i want you to turn to genesis chapter one genesis chapter one and uh, this is going to be a jumping off point today a jumping off point and genesis chapter one and uh we're going to start there this morning and and uh and uh there and um that's where we're going to begin today as i said this morning Already, the title of the message today is God is Real. God is Real. I intended to preach on something a little bit different. Uh, Yesterday, I was working on some things, and part of the message was that God is real. In fact, I was going to write some, I was going to preach a message about our relationship with God, and part of it was a real God. But I've decided to expand that part, and there's a reason, and so I'm just going to preach one message on god is real and so that's this hour genesis 1 i want you to look at one verse in genesis chapter 1 one verse and this is where we're going to kick off today genesis 1 notice in verse 1 genesis 1 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth think about that for a minute in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth let's pray father I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to preach. I thank you for your goodness to me. Father, I thank you for everything. Father, I thank you for the fact that you are real. And I pray the Holy Spirit now would just bless today, and I pray you would encourage hearts, open hearts to the message. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would just do a work in this hour, for I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. One of my favorite books, and I brought it with me today because I'm going to use it here in a little bit, but one of my favorite books, if not my favorite book of all time, is this book that I'm holding right here. The book I'm holding in my hand right now is entitled God is Real by Dallas Billington. In the book, in the book and uh, let me just say, yes, it is a preacher book, if you're wondering. Somebody's going to say, is that a preacher book? Yes, it is a preacher book. Dallas Billington was a pastor of the Akron Baptist Temple Church in Akron, Ohio. Um, he, uh, he founded the church and pastored the church for years, grew it in 1960, being one of the largest churches in the world, started with 80 charter members, went to uh, 16,000. And so, but, uh, this is probably my favorite book of all time. And, and I love it. I, I love the book. I have read it and it encourages my heart. I need to read it again. And, uh, in fact, I looked up, um, um I may buy some if I can find them. I know there's a few on Facebook. I know one is kind of real expensive on Facebook, but I found one for $6 or six ninety-five, and one for $10 and stuff like that. I may buy a couple and give them away, but yes, it is a preacher story. But in the book, it's an account of the salvation and call of Dallas Billington and the starting of the Akron Baptist Temple, a church in Akron, Ohio. In that book, in that book, Dallas Billington recounts how God made himself real to him. Think about that for a minute how God made himself real to him. I love that. I love all the way through. He, he talks about that. Now, in this hour, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the title of that. I want to talk to you about God is real. Now, I want, to th- I want you to think about that with me this morning. And I want to ask the question, is God real? Is God real? Now, my answer to that, you ought to know by now, is a resounding yes. God is real. Think about it. God is real. Now, someone may protest and say, well, Brother Scott, you're a preacher. You're supposed to believe God is real. Well, yes, I, I suppose you could say that is true, and preachers should believe God is real. In fact, though, you know, I, I've got to tell you, some preachers, they enter the ministry, and and uh, I don't believe you ought to be in the ministry unless you're called of God. Uh, I don't believe you ought to be in it for money. I don't believe it's a vocation. At one point, my brother years ago said, well, Scotty, I believe your job as a preacher just like somebody working down at the GM plant or down here, or down here, or whatever. And, and you know, but I disagree with him, because I don't believe that. I believe it's a call of God, and if you're not called, you shouldn't preach. And I believe that with all my heart. But let me just say this. Uh, I don't believe God is real just because I'm supposed to as a preacher. I, I don't believe that in that way. I honestly believe that God is real, that there is a real God. Now, somebody is going to come up and they're going to say, but Pastor Scott, how in the world do you know that God is real? How do you know that? Now, let me say right here, I am not an apologist. If I had to get in an argument with somebody over the apologetics part of, of whether there is a God or not, I couldn't do it. I That is not me. I am not that. I cannot give you all the arguments that people use today for the existence of God. People put forth things like the cosmological argument for God or the ontological arguments for God or, or all the design arguments for the existence of God. To me, it's a little bit different. When I think about the fact that God is real, it's a little bit different for me. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to share with you why I believe God is real and hopefully share some things to stir your thinking about, about the reality of God, that there is a God in heaven, that there is a real God over the earth, a real God. Now, let me just say up front before I get into my reasons here, I got to tell you, I accept the fact of God, by faith. I accept it by faith. Hebrews 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the first step in knowing this God and, and and pleasing God is to believe that there is a God. But I accept by faith that there is a God. So will I so I will admit to you today that I believe there is a God by faith above everything else. I believe that with all my heart. And, and I've got to tell you that up front. By faith, I believe that there's a God. But now, let me give you some reasons why I honestly believe that there is a God. And I put five reasons down. I'm going to give them to you very quickly this morning. Five reasons why I believe there is a God. And hopefully, they'll help you to believe in God or strengthen your faith in the fact there is a God. Number one, first reason I believe in God is creation. Creation. Psalm chapter 19 and verse 1 says the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. Now, if anybody knows anything about me, you know that in the fall, the fall time of year is one of my favorite time of years. I really love fall. And one of the things I love to do is I love to go out on our back deck and we've got a deck on the back of the house and we've got a swing there and and uh, the last, uh, we replaced our swing last year, the year before. And, and we used to have a swing that was a little bit longer I could lay down on pretty easy. This one's a little bit harder to lay down on. But I used to love to lay out in the fall and fall asleep under an afghan out there. I loved it. And I could look up at the night and I would look in the night sky. And when I had looked at the night sky and all the stars and all the different things up there, I've got to tell you, one of the things that always hit me is I could see the handiwork of God. The handiwork of God. When I travel over to East Tennessee and I look at the mountains over there, you know what I see? I, I, yes, I see the beauty of creation, but I also see the handiwork of God. The handiwork of God. Now I know there are those that say, "Well, Brother Scott, I want you to know, I don't agree with that. I believe in evolution. I believe in the Big Bang theory. I believe in all that." Well, let me just share something with you, real quick. Share something, and please hear me out on this. Hear me out. To me got to be honest i and i'm going to be honest and and for those of you that know me you know that by nature i am a skeptic i am skeptical of all kinds of things but to me when i look at this stuff and it, by the way i thought it was kind of funny god called me to preach being a skeptic you know being skeptical the way i am in my nature and i hide it pretty well but i still am a skeptical kind of person you know and but to me it is easier to believe, and I, and I thought about this, it's easier to believe that God created everything. It's easier to believe that than to believe in an explosion took place millions of years ago or billions of years ago, how many ever years they want to say it, and that everything lined up or all these things just happened just right so that we see what we have today. Now think about that for a minute. An explosion took place millions or billions of years ago and it set some things in motion. And then all of a sudden all these other things happened and everything lined up so that we have life like we have it today. Really? Are you kidding me? What is the statistical probability of that? Think about that for a minute. Think about what you're saying and what all these people are saying. Well, we have all this evidence. Really? Think about, you know, I, I thought about a friend of mine who who was an archaeologist, and he found something one time, and he took it, and he talked about the biblical relevance of it to these people. They were trying to get it dated and things like that, and they told him, said, well, you know, you thinking it goes back that far, bigly related, you're out of your mind. They told him it didn't work, that that it wasn't true. So he said, you know, I don't, he said, what is going on here? They wouldn't even, um, you know, they test it, and they, they quote-unquote test and it said, no, 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 it's not that. He took it somewhere else. He didn't tell them about the biblical part of it and they tested it, and it came back exactly where he had thought it was. There is an antagonistic by some. Notice I said some against God in the scientific community. That's fine. Let them be that way. It doesn't change the fact that I still believe in God. I believe there is a God. But when I look at this, and I look at all the creation, and I look at all these things, and and I see that, for me, when it comes to, to all this, it's easier for me to believe Genesis 1 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth than to believe there was an explosion, and all this stuff just lined up by itself. To me, it takes less faith to believe God created it all than it does to believe a big bang years ago. That's just from my point of view. But then I also add the complexity of creation of that, how that there had to be some type of intelligence behind it, and it's called intelligent design. But I look at it and you know, I look at, I drove a truck here this morning. My truck, I drove it here to the church today to do this. And and I was thinking about this. And I thought, how, some of you are going to think this is stupid. I got my oil changed the other day. Well, when I get my oil changed, I got to, uh, on my odometer, I got to change the thing that tells me when to get my oil changed. It, you know, my my vehicle every 5,000 miles will pop up and say, change. it's time to change your oil, you know. And if I don't, and, and I've got to reset that. Well, you know, somebody had to design the reset function. Who would have dreamed you turn the vehicle on, push the gas pedal three times, and then all of a sudden it'll come up, oh, you've just reset. You know, somebody had to create that and design that. That is something very simple. Well, think about this. Look at the complexity of creation. You're telling me it all just popped up by itself? It's easier for me, as I said, to believe when I look around me that there was a God who created everything. It's easier. To me, it's less faith. To me, it's less faith. It takes more faith to believe in all the other stuff. So number one, why do I believe there is a God? Why do I believe God is real? Creation. Number two, the second reason I believe God is real is Jesus. Jesus. That's the second reason. Folks, Jesus is not a myth. He is not a fail. He is a made-up story. He is not a story we find in a Bible storybook to make kids behave. He's not that. No. Jesus is was a real historical figure. Think about that. A real historical figure. But I want you to understand he was more than that, and he is more than that. Jesus is the Son of God, was the Son of God, is the Son of God. And he proved it by his resurrection from the dead. He proved it by that resurrection. Romans chapter 1, and verse 4 states in declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection proved that Jesus was and is who He says He is. You said, Brother Scott, I don't know if I believe in the resurrection. Hey, folks, just go back and study the proof of the resurrection, the empty tomb, the changing of disciples, the eyewitness accounts, you know. 500 people seeing Him at one time. It wasn't a hallucination, you know. But go back and understand that. But folks, think about this. The fact that Jesus was here one of the reasons jesus came to earth was to show us god think about that to show us god john chapter 1 and verse 18 it says no man has seen god at any time the only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father he had declared him why did jesus come he came to show us god that there is a real god that god is real so when you think of jesus it points to the fact that god is real he came to show us God. That brings me to a third thing this morning, third reason I believe in God, and that is the existence of the Bible, the existence of the Bible. The fact that you and I have a Bible, or you can go down to a bookstore and you'll find Bibles that line the shelves, the existence of the Bible. Now, let me tell you, the Bible is more than just a religious book. I know some people say, well, preacher, there's some religious writings out there by other groups. Yes, there is. There is. But can I tell you, the Bible is totally different than all of those. Why? Because I believe what you hold in your hand, if you have a Bible or if you have an iPad and you're looking it up and you're seeing it there or if you have another smartphone or a computer or whatever, guess what? You know what you have? And Right there in front of you, you have the Word of God. I believe the Bible is the very Word of God. And this Bible, this Word of God, declares God. The Bible tells us that there is a God. Think about that. The fact, though, that you have a Bible shows us that there is a God. Now, somebody's going to protest. They're going to say, wait a minute, preacher. Wait a minute, Pastor Scott. The Bible was written by men. You're right. Wait a minute. But understand, God used men to write the Bible. See, the Bible is not of human ingenuity. You say, how do you know that? Second Peter chapter one verses nineteen through twenty-one tells us that the prophecy of the scriptures, prophecy there can refer to the word, the message of God. And what you have here is the message of God. The prophecy of the scriptures was not, or the Bible is not, of human ingenuity. In other words, men didn't get together in some castle years ago in a little room and get together and say, "How can we deceive the world and come up with a book that drives everybody insane?" No. No, you know what happened? The Holy Spirit of God worked on men so that what they wrote is, was, and is the Word of God. Go over to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19-21 through 21 and study that out, friends. Study it out. I'm not going to read it and study it today, but go study it out. And you'll, you can see it there. Now, I want you to think about this, though. Yes, God used men to write the Bible, but I want you to think about this. Forty different writers... Think about that. 40 different writers over a fifteen to 1,600-year period of time. 1,500 years to 1,600 years putting the Bible together. And are you hanging on? They all agree. Think about that for a minute. The continuity of Scriptures. The continuity of the Bible. 1,500 years, 40 people God used to write over a 1,500-year and they were in basic agreement. i got to tell you something. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is miraculous. Let me tell you, you get 40 authors together from different periods of time and have them write things down, and you will not get agreement at all like you have in the Bible. Folks, the fact that you have a Bible that is put together the way it is is a true miracle of God, a true miracle. And it points to the fact there is a God. Did you get that? It points to the fact there is a God. The fact that we have this book and this Bible tells us there is a God. I love it. Let me give you the fourth thing this morning. That was number three. So number one, creation. Number two, Jesus. Number three, the fact we have a Bible. Number four, how can we know that there is a God? Number four, through answered prayer. I And, and I, I tell you, I want to say it this way. Through miraculous answers to prayer. Miraculous answers to prayer. Folks, answered prayer is just not coincidence. Just not coincidence. And I cannot tell you all the reasons that God answers some prayers and not others. I cannot tell you that. Now, I can get in today. If I had time, I could get into what it takes to see prayer answered. I could talk about faith. I could talk about praying itself. I could talk about right motives. I could talk about the will of God. I could talk about all these things like that when it comes to answers prayer, being faithful to pray. I could talk about that, but I want you to understand God does answer prayer. God does answer prayer. Just recently, I had a visit from somebody and uh, you said, wait a minute, bro, Scott, we're not supposed to be visiting a lot of people. Well, here's the way it worked. I was here at the church and somebody called me and they said, bro, Scott, how you doing? I said, good. And They said, told me a couple things. They said, Can I come see you? And I said, Well, yeah. And and so this person came to see me. Now, uh, they did not come in the building. They met me outside the building over here. They wore a face mask. I wore a face mask that was created, that was made for me. I wore a face mask. And we stayed so far apart. We stayed at least six feet apart, except at one time when they handed me something. But this person, had had COVID-19, they had had it. And uh, they are well now, they've got all the documentation that they had it, they're well, they don't have anything else. And so, you know, and he said, I've got the health department okay, and this okay, and that form and this form and that, and they were telling me about it. But he shared the story about how he got COVID-19, it's been about a month ago. He got COVID-19, it was, I think it was more than a month ago now, now that I think about it, but, he shared how he got it and how he ended up in the hospital. He shared the story, and he told me I could tell this, by the way. He told me I could tell this, and in fact, he asked me to share it. And he shared the story with me about how he was in the hospital and how sick he was, and he was telling me all the symptoms, and he was telling me how bad it was, and, and i got to tell you, it was worse than I could have imagined. It was worse than I could have imagined. But then he told me, he said, "Bro Scott, i got to tell you, and with tears coming down his face, he told me this, he said, he said there were five times I felt that I was getting ready to pass through the door of death. Five times, he said, I felt that I was getting ready to pass through. And he said, I want you to know I prayed. And others were praying for him. I actually prayed for him too. I asked some others to pray for him. But he was telling me the story and he's telling me all this. And then he told me, he said, one morning after he had this experience where he felt like he was getting ready to pass through this door of death as a result of the COVID-19. He said, a doctor came in. A doctor came in and looked at him and said, Mr. So-and-so, you need to be strong. And then said something else about he would be getting over this or something. I can't remember his exact words, but he said that to me. He said, this doctor looked at him and said, Mr. So-and-so, you need to be strong. And, And then said something else about getting over it. He said, then the doctor reached down and touched his leg. He said shortly after that, he started feeling better and he started healing and, and now he's completely healed of this disease. And he said this, he said, bro, Scott, he said, I've got to tell you, I never saw that doctor again. I never, he never came back. You know, I looked at him and I said, you know, I wonder if you had a divine visitor. You know, because the Bible tells us that we can entertain angels unawares unawares in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2. You know, I wonder if he had a divine visitor in the room with him that morning. I wonder. But that's not the end of the story. He said, you know, God gave me another chance at life. God has given me another chance. And he said, and he looked at me with tears in his eyes. He said, Brother Scott, would you tell everybody you know? Tell everybody! And with tears coming down his face, out out there, he said, tell everybody, God is real. I'm proof of it. My friend, God is real. And one of the ways we know is a miraculous man standing outside of our church the other night. That God healed. My friend, answers to prayer. Show us that God is real. And then the fifth thing why i believe god is real why i believe god is real change lives change lives think about that for a minute changed lives i'm talking about the lives that god has changed you know we have a great example of that in the, in the apostle paul in acts chapter 8 and following in acts chapter 8 you meet a young man whose name is saul saul of tarsus Saul of Tarsus is the enemy of Christianity. His, job, his goal in life at that moment is to stamp Christianity out, to, 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 to stamp out the name of Jesus Christ, to stop the spread of Christianity, to stop the message of Christ. His goal is to take Christians and have them blaspheme and recant or have them put to death. He was the one who was approving at the death of Stephen in chapter 7 where Stephen was stoned. The Bible tells us in chapter 8, he made havoc of the church. He went in and he arrested people. He dragged them out of their houses. He put them in prison. He caused them to blast him. He tortured them. But then in chapter 9, something happens. He meets Jesus. And he finds out that he's real. He finds out the message of Jesus is true. And you know what happens? A change takes place. And that man who was out to stamp out Christianity became the greatest voice Christianity has ever heard. And you and I know him today as the Apostle Paul. Paul, the one who went out and spread the gospel, the one who went out and actually brought the gospel to Spain, to Europe. And because of that, you and I have been saved as a result of his work back in the book of Acts. Think about it. Think about the change that took place in Paul. Paul. He said, "Bro, Scott, that's in the Bible." What about today? I'll never forget years ago, I was asked to visit a man and I went to visit him and he didn't want to get saved and I'll never forget the first time I saw him. He said, he said, "Preacher, he said, I I like what you say, but, you know, and he went on down the line and but you know, I finally got to see that man get saved. I finally got to see that man come to Jesus Christ. I'll never forget getting the message that he wanted to talk to me. And when I got there, he asked me what took took him so long. And he said he wanted to get saved. And I showed him how to get saved. And, and i never forget, I got the opportunity to baptize him. And he became part of our church family. When he came to church, he wore a pair of overalls and sometimes wore a uh, just a shirt over it. You know, he had a T-shirt and then overalls and a shirt over it. I'll never forget that man, one Christmas we had a testimony time where we went around a room and let people thank God for saving them and thank God for what He's done for them. i never forget sitting right over here. Not here, but in another church here in town. i never forget he got up and he kind of looked around. And he said, Preacher, I really don't know what to say. He said, But I thank God this is the first Christmas I can remember. And I think he said, if I remember right, 30 years. This is the first Christmas I can remember in years. Think about that. You say, what was the deal? The man used to be a drunk. First time I met him, he had a beer in his hand. Wouldn't put it down. Hung on to it. Can I tell you, God saved that man and changed his life. He put it all down. Gave Gave up all of it and became a follower of Jesus Christ, became a friend of mine, became a member of our church. What about a gang leader I read about up in New York City years ago? gang leader who was filled with hatred, a violent young man. And then a preacher went to New York. God called him to New York. He went up there. And he met this gang leader, and he shared Jesus with him, cared about him. The young man had, I guess, earlier in life had been pushed out of church, but this one preacher wouldn't give up on him. Finally, this young man listened to the message of Christ and God saved him and changed his life. Saved him and changed him. The young man became a man of compassion and love and ended up being called to preach to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The change that God has made. My friend, we're not talking about reformation. We're not talking about education. We're talking about the power of God to change a life. And that shows us that God is real. God is real. Why do I believe God is real? I look at creation and I can see God is real. Why do I believe God is real? Because of Jesus. I believe God is real. Why do I believe God is real? Because we have a Bible. God is real. Why do I believe God is real? Because of seeing answers to prayer. God is real. Why do I believe God is real? Why? Because of the lives that He has changed. God is real. Now let me change the best, let me give you the best part of the story. Yes, God is real, my friend, but you know what the best part is? Here's the best part. That real God, this real God that I'm telling you about today, loves you, and wants to have a relationship with you. Did you hear that? This real God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. A relationship. You say, how do you know that, Brother Scott? How do you know that, preacher? Remember that Bible that I said is the Word of God? Jesus Himself in John three sixteen stated, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Did you get that? God loved the world, the mass of humanity. God loved you and me enough that He sent Jesus, the Son of God, from heaven. Jesus was born of a virgin. We celebrated at Christmas. He came to this earth, lived a sinless life, to go to the cross of Calvary. The cross above my head behind us on the church here is a cross. That one's pretty compared to what Jesus died on. But let me tell you, Jesus died on that old rugged cross, shed His blood to take our place, to take our punishment. You say, what's the big deal about that? Because, my friend, you and I are sinners. And as sinners, we have already been condemned, and we are going to face the judgment of God one of these days. We are going to face that judgment, but Jesus died so we wouldn't have to. See, the Bible tells us in John 3, 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You heard somebody talk about being saved? Jesus came so that we could be saved from condemnation. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Somebody said, well, Brother Scott, when I get to heaven, God will judge my good works and my bad. No, it's not going to work that way. Why? Because the decree has already been handed down. The judge has already declared you are guilty as charged. Therefore, there is no appealing your case. You're going to be, as soon as life is over, it's heaven if you've been saved or hell if you haven't been. The judgment is already down. But Jesus died so you wouldn't have to go to hell. That's why He died, so that you wouldn't have to go. And He went to the cross and took your place and took your punishment. And God said, I'm good with that. He said, I'll let Jesus take your place. Jesus died. They buried Him. But three days later, He rose again so that you and I could have eternal life. And God looked at that and said, that satisfies the demands of a holy God. See, God is real, but He's a holy God. He's perfect. And that holiness demands that sin be punished. But the love of God says, but I love them. And so God said, I'll come up with a plan so that they don't have to face that judgment. And that plan, He gave His own Son to die for you and me. And if you're willing by faith to repent of your sin, to say, I know I've sinned against God, I see my sin is wrong, and you're willing to turn from it, repent. And by faith except Jesus, He will save you. It's simple as praying, Father, forgive me. Save me for Jesus' sake. And you know what He'll do? He'll do it. If you mean it, believing in your heart, in who Jesus is, believing He is the Son of God, He died for you, He rose from the dead, and then repenting with a faith-filled and repentant heart, believing the best you can in who Jesus is, He will save you. He will save you. I'm going to close with a quote out of the book from God is Real. Actually, it's not a quote. It's a section. As I said, I love this book and my favorite book, God is Real. And on page 98 of the book, Dallas Billington says this. He said, I was asked to write this story in my own way in order that your faith might be strengthened, not for building a church, but for creating a little castle a dwelling place in which to rear your family. Therefore, God will do for you a father and mother, what He did for us, a church, that you may rear your children in a godly manner. When your teenage daughter does not come home at night, you will need Jesus. God will be just as close to you as you yourself permit. God will be just as real as you will let Him. Read the Bible and its promises of prayer. Claim the promises of prayer. As Paul said, the story which you have read happened not in a faraway land or to some profitable, but happened in this day in which you and I live. And then let me jump. He said, read the Bible, pray, have faith, and believe in God. You will find He is very real. My friend, God is real. Do you know Him in a real way? Have you been saved? Christian, are you reading your Bible to grow in the faith that God is real? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are real and have revealed yourself to us. Father, bless now. Bless each one who's heard the message. I pray you'd encourage hearts. I pray you'd build faith. And most of all, Father, there's one who's lost. I pray they'd be saved. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I trust you were helped by the message today. If you've been saved, send us a note and let us know so we can send you something back. Hopefully get with you and drop something in the mail to you. God bless you. Have a great day.